ragazzi, and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast where you can get your culture to go. I'm Frank Ravello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this uh, Sunday evening, huh? For us, that's a nice little early slot again, huh? I like yeah, that. we're we're here on we're here nice and early this time around, uh, just trying to take care of some. Final summer commitments before we can lock in just regularly going on Sunday nights and That's right. uh, you know and things like that. I got the I got the Serie A sit down tumbler. It's got, I got spotted, spotted cow. It's got spotted cow in it. So um, you know, so it would be good. I'm gonna have to figure out how to ship you more cases of spotted cow then if you want to just right. keep keep running with that. Yeah, we, need so. get, we need to get them to be sponsors too. That'd be good too, huh? Help Nectar of the gods, New Glarus right. Brewing Company. I'll see if I know people. There so, you go. There you go. Um, you know, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um uh, we are uh, we're the ones that are going to be the guinea pigs for all of the rest of the podcasts after these first eight games. I mean, my goodness, with all of the incidents, with all of the goals, um, oh, boy, Seria is back with a bang. Yeah, yeah, I know it, it is. And uh, as you can see over my left shoulder, red is the theme of the night because we saw so many red cards this weekend. Uh, some warranted, some not, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a controversy. You got to love it. That's the way you got to start the Serie A season right, I guess. <laughs> yep, definitely, definitely. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's an, it's, it was an interesting start to the season. Uh, obviously, new faces and new places. What would Serie A look like with, uh, you know, some of the star power that departed? Uh, you know, needless to say, we're still continuing to be entertained. Tons of goals. Um you know reasons for those goals we'll start we'll break down here as we go um but why don't we just jump right into it we're going to talk about saturday's games we're going to talk about sunday's games give a quick preview of Cagliari spezia and sampdoria milan for monday uh quick little look at what happened in the mercato um two signings of note and then we will finish it off with everyone's favorite hashtag game who won calcio twitter uh just uh gonna whip right through this one we were pretty comprehensive last week and uh, we'll uh, we'll jump into it this week. So, Richard, take it away with uh, Saturday's action. Yeah, yeah. So, starting off, uh, we had a nice, tasty game. It was Hellas hosting Sassuolo. Uh, we weren't sure what we we're going to see in this one. EDF on the behind the bench uh, uh, for uh, Hellas, and so you know it could be fireworks. Could be lots of goals in this one. We would see lots of goals in this one. Uh, goal scoring would start early uh, by Raspadori. Uh, in the 32nd minute, and then uh, before halftime, Miguel Veloso picked up his second yellow, made it even more difficult for Hellas. Uh, so they're down one nothing, and a man uh, going into halftime, coming out of the break. Uh, of course, you would, you would expect Sassuolo to take the lead, an, another goal, and it did, Juricic in the 51st minute. Uh, but what we didn't think we were going to see is, is, is Hellas getting back into it. Zakani with a penalty, uh, made it 2-1 to one at that point, looked like a game on. Uh, six minutes later, goal of the week candidate, Junior Traore, a wonderful strike, uh, make it 3-1, to one, and then Zakani with a consolation goal late, 3-2, Sassuolo walk away winners on the road in this one. Uh, a game many people were looking in to see is uh, New Look Inter with like half their squad, seems like it's been moved, it's not really that case, but uh, some of the big new names, um, Chalanolo and Jeko made an impression in this first game. Uh, Inter walk away, emphatic wins, looking like the champions that they are. 4-0 win against Genoa goals from Skriniar in the first half. Chalanolo, goal of the week candidate. Vidal in the second half, and then Dzeko getting his goal late in the game. 4-0 Inter, big win against Genoa. Or a big win. It's a win. 
look, moving on, uh, Empoli hosting Lazio. Uh, you know, two teams who like to play uh, attractive ball. Sadi has connection with both these clubs, right? He, he, he created really Empoli's beautiful yep. game when he was there. Now he's at Lazio, and they look like they're starting to play Sadi ball already early. So, uh, But goal scoring would start through Empoli. Bandanelli get a nice goal. Goal of the week candidate there uh, in the fourth minute. That lead lasted all but two minutes, Frank. And then uh, Milinkovic-Savic threw a... Um, uh, a school uh, schoolyard practice move that you see and uh, you see in practices all the time. Nice corner kick that Milinkovic Savage put away in the sixth minute. One one there. Lazzari with a nice goal of the week candidate in the thirty first minute. Make it two to one. And just before halftime, there was a penalty. Immobile would put it away. Uh, three to one going to halftime. Three to one would be the final score. Uh, and then uh, round out my round of the games. Uh, Torino hosting Atalanta. Uh, we weren't. We thought we were going to see a lot of goals in this game. We weren't really sure what to see with Torino, Atalanta. You know who they are. But uh, one of the big news, uh, looking at the starting lineups for Atalanta, is that five of the eleven starters were not starting in this one. So we weren't sure really what we we're going to see. But uh, Mr. Uh, Muriel, Luis Muriel, uh, get the goal scoring starter early in the sixth minute. Goal of the week candidate there. One nothing. Looked like we we're going to be off for many goals. We would not see another goal for another about seventy minutes or so until uh, Andrea Bellotti in the second half would get a goal. Uh, made it 1-1. Looked like it was going to end that way. And then uh, Piccoli, the uh, Bergamo native in stoppage time, gets a goal. Uh, right man and right time, right place. 2-1 uh, to one, Atalanta snatched victory from Torino. Frank, uh, where do you want to start with these four games here? Um, you know, let's start with... Um, I mean, let, let's start with, uh, you know, kind of a common theme, you know, when you look at all four of these games. Um and then also it kind of tied into, uh, you know, today's games, but maybe not as much. Uh, and and that's, uh, you know, teams that were breaking in new goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, you know, Hellas Verona was one. Uh, Genoa was one. Yeah. Empoli. Uh, Atalanta. Lazio should have. <laughs> yeah. So they, they had four, they had four, uh, four teams there. And, and those teams, three of the teams lost, and one team won, and and really didn't look flattering in the process. And then you go to, to you know today's games, um, you know the Bologna Salernitana game. Those goalkeepers were with them. Uh, Silvestri just joining Udinese. Um, you know it looks like the goalkeepers at Napoli and Venezia were the same. And then you had Patricio joining joining Roma. So a, a win and a draw out of today's matches, but you know. Um, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because I think I saw some consistency, and, and this is not what you're going to hear from the guys that were in the studio coverage uh, from the City Out Live. One of the things, and it, it, you know, and I don't want to discount the teams that got their wins, but there's something to be said about being a defender and being used to a voice behind you as far as organizing what he's looking for, being on the same page, you know, in-game action. Um, and I saw a lot of disconnect with uh, the teams with the new goalkeepers, you know, so reason reasonable that three of those teams lost. Not only did they, the three of those teams lose, I mean, in the three losses on Saturday, they conceded a combined 10 goals. Um, you know, Hellas Verona has been used to Silvestri all this time. Now they've, now they've got Ivor Pandur back there who wasn't particularly impressive. Um, you know, he did fall victim to some very good goals for Hellas Verona. Genoa with Sirigu, who I think took his bad form with him from Torino. Um, you know, Genoa clearly was 
tighter with with padding and goal. Empoli getting Vicario coming over from Calgary. So um, these things, there's a there's an easy disconnect, and there's errors that are going to get made, and there's going to be a little bit of a lack of organization, and these are issues that preseason, um, the amount of minutes that you have your core starting defenders back three back four whatever it is with the goalkeeper is limited you're you know the managers are trying to get a look at everybody so right off the bat we're taking a look at this and we're seeing you know some you know some disconnects some some guys out of position um the general game the intergeneral game stands out to me in particular looking at the goals that got conceded there i mean were they great goals by Inter? All of them? Yes, they were. They were excellent goals. I'm not. I'm not discrediting any of those. But you take a look at it. Loss of concentration in the man marking on the corner kick. You know, just kind of letting Scrinyard drift a little bit and, and get the header on target. Nobody closing down Chalinolu. Um, nobody getting to the second ball and Bellato beating everybody. And then and then again losing Jekyll. Um, you know, losing key guys in the air. Um, in those situations and not staying with them and not man marking. And I think that that's a product of communication between goalkeeping and defenders um, that isn't consistent yet. Now, Atalanta won their match, but Musso and his back three looked pretty shaky. Um, Torino should have gotten something out of this game. Yeah, um, they should have. Udinese get a draw out of it because of the um, mishaps by Chesney. But Juventus hit a couple of posts. Uh, really, Juventus could have ran away with this. Ran away with this game. Uh, I think that the Murata hit a post, and uh, I believe there was a shot from distance that hit a post. Dybala had um, one, I think, too. Yes, uh, you know, and I think that in a sense, Marie Patricio got a little lucky here because Fiorentina had to play for long periods of time down a man uh, with the Dragovski uh, straight red. So. You see some disconnect, and in those moments, you're going to get some easy goals. You're going to get some easy chances getting created because of that. So who out of these groups fixed this? I think Atalanta is best suited to do so. Juan Musso is an excellent shot stopper, um, and I think it will take a little bit of time without Romero back there, but I think with the way they reinforced in those positions, I think that they're best equipped of these teams that that broke in a new goalkeeper this weekend. Um, Genoa, I have concerns with Balladini wants to play a, a counterattacking style. Um, you know, he had 40, they had 40% possession in this game. And I think that they, a lot, a large part of their success was because of the performances of Perrin last season. And Sidigu at this stage of his career just isn't where Perrin can be. No. Um, you know, so you got to look at it, you know, a couple of different ways. We can be really impressed and we can fawn over some of these performances and we should, but there is another, you know, there's another element to the equation. Um, Hellas Verona, it's, you know, the, the red card to Miguel Veloso certainly didn't help them um, getting it just before halftime and then having to play uh, with 10 men for the entire second half against the Sassuolo team who loves to attack. You know, even with Dionisi as manager, things haven't changed with how they're set up. Um, you know, and then Empoli, um, Vicario, I think, is a good goalkeeper, proved it at Cagliari, uh, but that's going to take some time too. So, uh, you know, so I think that these are – teams that were that were you were able to take advantage of you know and i think in the case of some of these other goalkeepers that were playing for the first time the potential was there for them to concede more goals as well so 
it'll be interesting. Those six teams, which ones will overcome that? It makes me think about Monday and Mañan debuting at Sampdoria now all of a sudden. Part of me, and this might be my me wearing the red and black colored glasses, Mañan has been there a lot longer than any of these other new you know, goalkeepers that are new to their teams. Um, and certainly has more preseason sample playing with Kair, Tamori, and then whenever they put Romagnoli back there. So it might be a little bit more organized with Milan tomorrow. And it better be because Sampdoria have some pretty good attackers. So I just wanted to I wanted to emphasize this point today because that was a big thing to me that was common that a lot of people weren't talking about. No, no, for sure. That, that, that's a that's a great point. Also, say, same can be said with some of these teams with the newer attackers. Yeah, uh, we saw Ty, Tammy Abraham today looking fantastic for Roma. Obviously, Chalanolu and, and Jekyll played very well for 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 Inter. And so you you know these these strikers and attackers want to do well for the new teams. Uh, so you expect that. And you also expect that the defenses to be a little bit weaker, especially with the new goalkeepers and or new center backs or uh, pairings they have back there. So. You'd expect a lot of goals, right? And you expect yep. some of these teams to figure this out as the season goes on. Um, you know, Udinese, they got a new keeper, and I'm sure they're going to get better uh, with some of their mishaps. Maybe you would hope for their sake at least, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Torino, Atalanta, and some of these other teams that you mentioned, um, I expect them to get better. Uh, I, I do. And and honestly, some of these, uh, you know, we saw a lot to come out playing very well in terms of the of the Sadi ball. And that's only the first game, so I'm I'm excited to see what what that potential could be like for for uh, for Lazio and their fans. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, overall, it was a very entertaining first weekend. Um, still, you know, bunch bunch more four more games to talk about from Sunday, and then obviously the games on Monday. But uh, in terms of Saturday, uh, lots of goals, uh, and they wouldn't stop going into Sunday, would they? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll get into this Sunday. I mean, a couple more things I want to want to bring up. Um, I, I was impressed with Empoli. Um, I thought they were, I, you know, for their first Serie A game and having to play a t- an outfit like Lazio um, and having the, um, you know, having to deal with that right off the bat, I thought they played pretty well. Um, you know, I think that the result was fair. I think that three points to Lazio was definitely deserved, but this is what you get with Aurelio Andreazzoli. They're going to attack. They're going to come at you. I, I, in particular... If we, you know, we like to try to start uh, talking about, you know, names that we want to take a look at. Uh, Nadim Bajrami, um, I have a lot of interest in. Yeah. Uh, you know, first time watching him, uh, in all honesty, and I thought he was, I thought he was solid. He obviously created the goal there uh, for Bandinelli. Um, he was influential there on the set pieces, but he was also influential in linking up the attack. And if you've got guys like Cutroni up front and sitting in front of him, Mancuso has got a little bit of steady experience. That can only benefit those guys. Um, so we'll see as time goes on how that how that will look. I like you know I like what I saw from him today. Before you move on from that, uh, Cutrone with with Empoli, right? I saw him yeah. a lot on the right wing side. I didn't like him there. I think him is an out and out striker in the middle. Uh, not so much on the right flank as we saw him a lot crossing the balls in. What were your thoughts on on seeing him out wide so much in that game? You know the Empoli attack, it, it did have that beautiful style. It was gonna be it's gonna be entertaining all season, but Cutrone on the right wing, not so much for me. Um, I agree. I think he's a striker, um, which is interesting to me because I felt like at Mancuso at Lecce was, you know, playing more outside the middle. Uh, yeah. up front, you know, yep. and La- with Lapadula as a striker. Yep. So it was surprising to me seeing Cutrone getting into wider areas, you know, and being being saddled with having to cross balls in and things like that. And 
And I don't know if it's just how Andre Atzoli likes to have his forwards moving around and just trying to do something to try to unbalance the back four. Yeah, yeah, that could. You know, sometimes simplicity is genius when it comes to strikers, and you just have them sit in high positions and find the spaces in between the center backs or get on the back shoulder of of the outside center back while they're both facing the ball. You know, little things like that. Um, you know, and let him be, let him be your goal scorer, let him be your poacher. Um, you know, I think that he had success with that, you know, for his short time at Milan. I think he had some success with that at Fiorentina. I don't know, you know, having, adding all the, all these dynamics to his game really work, you know, unless you're going to have another target up front with, with him. So you mentioned, you mentioned, I don't find Mancuso to be that. No, 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 no. I agree with you on that. And you, and you mentioned the word simplicity. And I think, that's something we saw out of Sergei Milinkovic-Savic's game today, or yeah. yesterday, I should say. He was he kept everything simple, but made great passes. That the assist to Lazzari on that goal was a fantastic weighted ball there. He didn't try to do too much. You know, we 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 yelled at him in the past about trying to be, do too much, trying to become this hundred million dollar man that he wasn't. Uh, and now that he's kind of like took his mind off of it, just played his game. I think keep the game simple. It's it's it looks even better with him, you know. He's looking like he's the player that we saw a few years ago. Uh, you know, obviously having Luis Alberto come, when he once he comes back, it'll be a huge benefit to the team. But you know, he's got to keep it simple like that, and those and those simple passes are going to go a long way to making this team very potent offensively. And I think uh, he's going to be a key player for them for sure this season. And it's looking like he's getting to off to a hot start for Lazio. He seems to assume the Hamshik role. In, in the Saudi 4-3-3, it was almost like yeah, yeah. You, you don't have a, a Jorginho type in this midfield on, on Lazio, not somebody that's no. deep lying. Luis Alberto is better in more advanced positions, um, you know, where, you know, Lucas Leiva probably assumes a lot of the defensive responsibilities of that role. And Akba Akpro was probably your poor man's Allen, uh, you know, in this situation. I, yeah. I think when Luis Alberto starts, he'll be more of the Hamshik guy with, Milinkovic Savage being, yeah. you know, an Allen guy with probably more refined attacking talent. So, you know, if you're trying to get, you know, specific to what Lazio is, but yeah, I mean, he, he kept, you're right. He kept it simple. I thought, um, great decision on the ball to play in Lazzari. Uh, you know, great finish for him. Um, you know, and I think that right off the bat, we've got, we've got a good, understand you know Saudi's Lazio looked impressive but I think that it's a case of they beat a team they should have beaten okay it, same thing with Inter Inter beat a team that they were supposed to beat I was just gonna like say I said that. I, was just gonna I don't say that. I don't think this Genoa setup works with Sirigu in goal I think they're going to find it a lot harder um you know as impressive as these performances were they're still very incomplete you know I, I don't I don't I don't come away saying, yeah, this is a top four contender or this is a title favorite or anything like that. Hellas Verona, I mean, the I mean, you and you and Nima were talking about you have them for relegation. Matias Akanyi still being there is exactly why they're not going to get relegated. Okay. And yeah. you know, you move Dr. on to a bigger club. <laughs> right. Now if now if he does, if he leaves, then that's going to be a huge problem. Uh Darko Lazovic, uh Antonin Barak, I think we're very good in these games. You take a look at um uh, Sassuolo um, and uh, Davide Fratesi takes on takes over the uh, Locatelli role, and I thought he was good. Um, you know, didn't overdo it in 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 the role there in this game, covered his ground, um, but 
you know, if he can have more consistent performances like this, it'll it'll turn out to be uh, good business for them to have moved on from Locatelli and 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 had the money in their pocket. Um, you know, so I I liked what I saw from him. He was the guy. It's one of those questions you got to ask: is all right, Locatelli's gone. Who's stepping into those shoes? And so far, Protezzi has has passed his first test. Um, Judicic was excellent. Um, and is probably going to be saddled with the creativity because we don't know if Domenico Berardi is still going to be a Sassuolo player before this window shuts. Um, Caputo, good to see him back um, and performing. Uh, had an assist in this game. Uh, created some chances. Didn't really get in any dangerous scoring positions, but you know we start seeing pieces of why you and I were probably clamoring for him if he was fit to be in the Italy team at the Euros. Um, so, and then finally with Torino and Atalanta, um, I am, Huey Daly says, ciao, ciao, ciao. Um, Atalanta probably got away with three points here. I think that Torino certainly deserved a point at a minimum. For sure. sure. I think that Ivan Juric is going to do a great job with this side and the talent is there. Um, you know, can he keep Pelotti and, and make Pelotti a central part of this? And and I think that, you know, if that happens, you know, this is a top half team uh, with Ivan Juric's guidance. I don't think they'll go after. I don't think Europe's in the on the cards for them, but certainly can certainly can get you know tenth, ninth, tenth, eleventh kind of in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Anything higher than that, I think it's going to be a fantastic season if they get higher than that. Because I think, yeah, I mean, already ninth, tenth, or eleventh is going to be good for them, considering how they've been uh, the last couple of seasons. But uh, yeah, no, no, I think that's more than achievable, especially what we've seen in the first game so far. Uh, you'd expect Atalanta to be better once all their starters are back in the lineup. Uh, yeah. But good thing so far from from Torino. Uh, post uh cd go i guess so uh yeah there should be a lot to see there and then you know you know sassuolo good performance today but again most of that game was with uh, a man up and so it's hard to really judge them on that and you know going back to your point about you know beating teams that you should beat right inter beat genoa they should have been they should have beat genoa um the question you know i obviously saw all the interisi uh so ecstatic about how their team played and rightfully so right four nothing win uh but the question is and and i know the answer is like is this the real is this the real thing or what what are we going to see when we, when they play a big team and i, I yeah. i'm going to hold my i'm going to hold my judgment until i see them play a big team and again if they have a performance like this against like a napoli or a juve or, you know a big club all right i'm all yeah. for it i'm still going to wait i think they're going to be good they're going to be obviously up there in the mix there's a lot of good teams this year uh but uh, for nothing against genoa you'd expect that uh maybe not so much against a ballardini team but uh maybe genoa is a team that's going to be primed for relegation this year if this continues i don't expect it but mm-hmm. you never know and to follow up on the Torino Atalanta game, I mean the sen- I mean, and this is maybe a little bit of devil's advocate to Torino's performance against Atalanta. I mean, they lost. They, you know, they should have gotten a point out of it. But the starting center midfield for Atalanta was Mario Pasolic and Matteo Pessina. Okay, not Froehler and Drone. Yep. You know, where you've seen you've seen Pasolic maybe deputize in that role um, from time to time. He's usually more of an advanced guy. Pessina is usually more of an advanced guy. Um, Atalanta won't look this disorganized. No, I, I, I think the formation and I think the team lineup forced them to to look this way. Um, but when they can get Froiler back in the mix, when they can get uh, Deron back in the mix, and both of those guys were suspended. Toloy was suspended as well. 
Um, no hot bore too, I think, right? Yep, hot to bore still hurt, but I mean, Yoki Mela certainly he's more than certainly can handle it. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't, you know, I don't think we got the Atalanta that we're no. normally accustomed to, and I think it has to do with a lot of the frailties that were in their lineup, and I think that. Out of these teams that broke in new goalkeepers, clearly they're going to be the team that will probably fix this quicker than the rest of them. Um, between Musso being an excellent shot stopper, having Taloy in the picture, um, and then uh, you know, and then also getting those midfielders, Froiler and Daron, who's you know, I think whose tackling uh, ability and his uh, ball winning ability is so vital that that those are areas that Pasolic and Piscina are clearly not as good. Yeah. So, so. That's our comprehensive breakdown of the uh, four games from Saturday. Let's get into what happened on Sunday. Bologna taking on Salernitana. It was a 3-2 win for Bologna. Salernitana having to play with 10 men as Stefan Strandberg uh, has his arm out on a Arnautovic attempt. Second yellow sent off uh, down to 10. Some might say that's harsh, but rules are rules. It's, yeah, I agree. Your arms out. It's not natural position. That's a red. But we saw it. Euro, we saw it. We saw it. The Euros. Um, referees let that go. The thing is, it's like a natural movement or something like that. But VAR, I, it's, it's a red for me. It's a second yes. yellow and a red for me. I mean, VAR outside to... of Italy and Germany is atrocious, including the Euros. Um, and I wasn't surprised to see that. You see it a lot in England too. A lot of penalties that should be called and vice versa doesn't happen because VAR is not that good there. You know, I, I think that it's a good call. If his hand was out. It's a yellow. Second yep. yellow. Sorry. Yep. Uh, and then we had a VAR review leading to a penalty for. Um, uh, Salernitano, Roberto Soriano getting sent off for a second yellow. Uh, I believe he elbowed a player to the ground, yeah. something like that. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. So Bonazzoli, Federico Bonazzoli stepping up, scoring the penalty. Salernitana up and running, but just seven minutes later, um, Nicolas Sansoni, beautiful corner, finding Lorenzo Di Silvestri, making it 1 1. Um, 11 minutes later, uh, Mamadou Koulibaly with a goal of the week candidate, a, a little curler off of a in kind of a second ball situation where he just collected it early mm-hmm. uh, and struck it first time. So uh, well done there, making it 2-1 to Salernitana. But then it is Marco Arnautovic who gets his uh, first goal in Serie A, uh, assisted by Jerdy Scouten, uh, making it 2-2. And just three minutes later, another corner kick, this time Orsolini takes it. Di Silvestri finds the space between a couple of defenders, heads home for his second of the match. Um, Lorenzo Di Silvestri, top of the Capo Caninelli charts, just like we called it. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? 3-2 uh, to Bologna. Uh, some late drama. Yerdy Scouten. I don't know if it's Jerdy or Yerdy. Somebody's going to have to help me with that. Uh, Scouten gets a second yellow. He is sent off. Just add to the list of guys who get sent off. Bologna finish on nine men. So Larry Tana cannot get the uh, a, a third goal to make it 3-3. Uh, so Bologna off and running 3-2. You want your fun, bad team of Serie A this season. It's going to be Bologna because 3-2 today against Salernitana. Lost 5-4 in Coppa Italia to Ternana. Uh, and they played a solid enough lineup too. So uh, our fun, bad uh, team right off the bat, we're, we're pretty sure is going to be Bologna. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're a neutral and got no other if, – if you have to watch a Serie A game, make sure Bologna's playing in it. There's, there's going to be some goals. That's just the way it's shaking out this year. If you have to watch it, it makes it sound like it's so bad. It sound like me now. 
All right, Max Allegri 2.0 at Juventus, uh, kicking off at the Dacia against Udinese. Uh, and uh, right off the bat, he'd have something to celebrate as Paulo Dybala uh, scoring on a, uh, uh, a just a near post glancing shot with his left oh, foot, played in by Benton Core. Beautiful. I'll, I'll highlight the run by Morata to set that up. Um, he's, he makes a run just not even around the goal mouth. And Udinese defenders are still stupid enough to go with them. <laughs> I get, yeah, and bef- before you get into that, you know, the big news before going to this game was Ronaldo not starting. Did you think it was as big a deal as, as everyone else is making it out to be? Probably not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, when something like that happens, you're just going to – all kinds of speculation is going on. You know, And, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those that if, if somebody breaks it and, so, and you know, if it's, if it's on the club's website or something like that, that he's going to be leaving or we're looking to sell him or any of this other stuff, then, then yeah, okay. But, you know, I, I didn't read anything into it. I think Allegri made a decision not to, not to start him, and he went with the team that he went with. So um, 23 minutes in, Dybala with a long-range pass to Juan Cuadrado, who – Ends up needing to do a little bit of work, but nonetheless puts it away. And on 23 minutes, Juve are off and running up 2-0. Had chances to make it 3-0 before halftime. Couldn't quite do it. And then in the 51st minute, a Roberto Pereira penalty, um, making it 2-1 to uh, Juve. This was after some nice... One-two work uh, with Udinese freeing up Arsenal. The shot was, I mean, quite frankly, Chesney botched this whole thing. Chesney not, botched this whole game. Yeah, from not being able to collect the shot to then going after the rebound, fouling Arsenal in the penalty area. It was a clear, clear as day penalty. Gets booked for it. Pereira makes the penalty, um, and in the fifty-first minute, uh, it is two-one, uh, and then uh, Chesney. Initially put on a nice little move on Delefeu, uh, but then seemed to find his pass seemed to find Stefano Okaka. It actually kind of hits him. Delefeu scrambles back to get it and then puts it into the back of the net. They had to go and review this to make, see if they considered Delefeu in an offside position. Oh, okay. And I think the ruling here was that there wasn't intent on the part of Okaka to play the ball to Delefeu. It was one where it, def- it inadvertently deflected off of him. So, so as a result, De Lafayette is not in an offside position. That's at least the way that I understood it. That's interesting because um, I was when I was watching it live, I, I thought maybe they thought it, it deflected off his leg and then his hand, Okaka's hand, and then went to De Lafayette. But now, now that you say that, that makes sense too. I mean, either way, there was nothing, nothing wrong with, with what happened. And Udinese fully deserved that goal. It was a clear botch from, uh, from Chesney. Yep, 2-2 at that point. Um, and then uh, Cristiano Ronaldo... Uh, scores, but is in an offside position. Um, and uh, how can an arm be offside? Thoughts? I think there was a little more than his arm in an offside position, and I think that that's what tipped it. This this is difficult for me, right? Um, one, I, I have the striker's mentality, and I think anything level or close to level should be towards the striker. I hate that hands and, and shoulders are called offsides. If it's your foot, okay, I get it, or your head. But, you know, you can't score with your arm. It, that, that was standing. There were so many of these close calls this weekend. Yeah. And none of them, it wasn't consistent. You had, like, Tabby, Tammy Abraham twice to where he had a similar place to Ronaldo, and both of them were considered onside. Ronaldo is offside, and you had a couple of these back and forth throughout many games, and there was no consistency. And now, if this is consistent, I'm fine with the calls. But, yeah. you know, I think when it's that close, give it to the, give it to the attacker. Um 
I, I literally saw Ronaldo go score. And I'm like, okay, game's over. I walked away. I come back, and the final's 2-2. I'm like, wait, what just happened? Yeah. And, so, and then I watched replay. I'm like, how, how is that offside? And it's tight. It's tight. And I, and I get it both ways. Um, I think we saw something like with Osimhen as well in, in, in the Napoli game as well. There's several instances of these. So it's tight. They need a, That's the one call, I think, with VAR. Uh, then they need to fix. And I thought they were going to fix it this year, Frank. I thought there was a discussion about there's, they're going to revamp the rules so that the arms don't count, but apparently they still do. And I don't know. It's a tough call. Well, maybe the uh, referee didn't get the memo. I don't even have the referee's name on here. That's the funny part. It's, there's a lot, there's a Lazio fan jumping in, chiming in and says, uh, you guys, I watched it, and boys, that's not offsides. I'm saying this is a Lazio fan. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very it's a very tight play. And like I said, you can look at the look at Tammy Abraham's two plays where he where they scored goals and, you know, they called it on. So, I don't know. They need, it's consistent. I think when it's that close, you give it to the striker. That's just my opinion as a striker, former striker. So, not a sure. good one, but not a good one. But sure. <laughs> maybe that's why I'm so, so in favor. I suck so bad. So. I, just, I just don't like Ronaldo, so I'm, you know... I thought they took a shirt off. They, they took the goal away. Like, no, no, you're showing off. But they, yeah, um, <laughs> the. But I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna cloud my judgment just because. Um, I'm not gonna cloud my judgment just because of that. Uh, you know, I. There's some people saying yes, it was offside. Some people saying no. I mean, it depends on depends on your, you know, tastes and, yeah. you know, everybody perceives things differently too. By definition, I guess technically yes, but I, I don't think it was offsides and right. Right. I, you know, but uh, Juventus had plenty of chances prior to this to, to close this out. They had several posts in this game. I think, yeah, they woodwork, uh, got a nice little workout. Marata in particular, I think, um, how many times did he hit the woodwork? Okay. Just the once. (laughs) Um, but, um, Juve, Boys, my little brother is a Juve fan, and he cried so much. Damn, I, I, I haven't shown my son. He was he he didn't yeah, your watch son's the a Juve game. fan, right? Yeah, but I didn't show him that. Uh, uh, I didn't show him that part of the highlights. I think I turned it off just before that because I was actually looking for it. And I was like, when was when did this happen? And I had to yeah. look at the game notes here and see that it happened late. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Uh, two, two there, but again, another game, uh, Udinese breaking in a new goalkeeper, probably getting a little fortunate to come out of there with a draw. Um, but anyway, we move on Napoli two, Venezia nil, uh, Victor Osman behaving very badly. Um, that's another one where I thought that was a harsh red. I thought that was a harsh red. No, so, it's not harsh. You can't, you, so? you can't swing at guys like that. Yeah. I mean, no matter how much the, or no matter how much the contact's getting to you. He shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't yeah. have done that period. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's violent conduct. That's in that's 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 malicious intent to injure a player, um, and it's a bad retaliation, and it's a red card. And you know, people that are going to come out here to Osman's defense—that's rules are rules. So um, you know, so you know, and I hate it. I picked them as Capo Canonieri. I was trying to figure out how to get off that pick, and I couldn't. Um, so he's off to a flying start, but he's going to have to learn to keep his discipline. And now he's going to have only 36 games to, to score, you know, 28 goals, which is what I had him projected for, uh, going into this. But anyway, Venezia just decided that they didn't want to take advantage of having the extra man. Um, and it was evident. I mean, uh, Napoli probably could have beaten Venezia on nine men right now, the, the way this game went, Venezia had no interest in wanting the ball. You know, they took the, they just decided even a man down, we're going to take our chances on counters. And 
you got a ton of experience back there with Koulibaly and Manolas who have seen that before. Um, you have, uh, you know, players like Labotka and Ruiz who can also help to diffuse that. So, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen Venezia try to take take advantage of their man-up situation that they had, but they didn't. Uh, a penalty uh, on a handball on Cecaroni, uh, leading to a Lorenzo Insigne penalty. He actually missed a penalty in the 57th minute, but comes back, comes good in the 62nd and makes it. And then um, Herving Lozano comes on, 71st minute as a substitute, makes an immediate impact, had a big role in Elgif Elmas's goal uh, to put Napoli ahead, two goals to nil. Still no interest in any kind of attacking from Venezia after that. Uh, I guess they just – they probably went back and celebrated, hey, we didn't get beat as badly as we probably should have. <laughs> so um, – They're not going to stay in the league that long if, if they, they play like that. Sure. 2-0 there. And then finally, Jose Mourinho back in our lives in Serie A, uh, you know, debuting at Roma, hosting Fiorentina. Uh, speaking of rushes of blood to the head, none bigger than uh, Dragovsky's. Uh, coming out on Tammy Abraham. I, no, that's red. It's red every single time it happens. Goalkeepers come out of their penalty area to try to challenge forwards that are far faster than them to a free ball. Bad things are going to happen. Okay, I agree about that. <laughs> but just, here, here's where I, here's here, so it doesn't happen. It doesn't get called every time in the UV game and and maybe. Oh yeah, the rules bias. are different. The, the, the rules are different for you. But in both both situations, the strikers were going away from goal, not towards the goal, and and the rules stay. And I think Bonetti even said it, you know, wonderfully. It was like it wasn't a direct play on goal. It was going away from goal, and that's why it should have been a yellow, not a red. And that's right. why that's why I saw it. Um, either way, Dragowski took a gamble and failed miserably. Yeah, I mean, Juve fans, by the way, we 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 have a lot of fun with this. We talked about, you know, we we it's it, it's just something we give you guys jabs about. We're not. I don't know how serious yeah. we are about it. Yeah. I was serious about it for about six months, and now I've just now I just now I just say it out of amusement. So um, <laughs> now it's Inter's turn. <laughs> what's that? Now it's Inter's turn. <laughs> yeah, but Inter doesn't get any privileges. No, no. So. Um, but anyway, so uh, just shortly after that, I mean, Tammy Abraham had his fingerprints all over this first half. Um, yeah. And yeah, all game in, indeed until he took a little knock and was brought off yep. uh, uh, for Eldor. But anyway, he uh, plays in Mkhitaryan in the 26th minute. That puts Roma up uh, a goal to nil. Uh, Zaniolo gets a fa- commits a foul just before halftime, and that's noteworthy because seven minutes into the second half, he commits another foul, gets sent off. You know, great to see Zaniolo back on the pitch, Richard. Yeah. But I think these two two yellows, these two fouls, I mean, it's evidence of a guy that's still, you know, he's back from an injury, young, but also retraining and reacclimating to this to the speed of the game. Yeah, the rust was evident on those plays, yep. uh, especially when you're, he was already on a yellow card. You should know at that point I need to back off a little bit because referee's yep. looking out for me. And that second yellow was a stupid play by him, and and it deserved a second yellow because what are you doing? You got a yellow. Why are you going in so hard? Uh, yep. And so that puts his team in a pickle. I mean, they're already flying flying high, but uh, yeah, yeah, a bonehead play from Zaniolo. He's going to miss the next game because of it. Some of that on Mourinho. I mean, to just, I mean, but but, but here's the and, here, and here's why I say this. Mourinho's going to say, but it's, it's similar to Balotelli several years ago. Yeah, because that's exactly what I, mean? what I thought about was you the know? whole incident. He's going to do Balotelli what he's going to do. He said, "You tell you can." He, I'm sure he said something to him at halftime, he like said, he did Balotelli. What did he say? He, he told who did he tell that story to? Pedro Pinto. He told that yeah, story to, yeah, and he said, yeah. he said, he said, he said, he said, Mario was the only center forward I took with with me to this to this game. He said, Mario, you got a yellow card before after Mario. 
You're my only center forward. I can't change you. You, you just don't get another yellow. What if he goes out and gets another yellow? He had to have said something. To, he probably I, did. He'd I, say I, something yeah. to Nicolo at halftime. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he shouldn't say anything at halftime. Maybe said. that's the thing. <laughs> just go <laughs> in reverse. You're it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just go in reverse. Oh, um, but, uh, you know, Fiorentina would pull one back in the 60th minute, Polgar uh, to Nikola Milenkovic yep. uh, in the 60th minute. And yeah. Okay. So Rui Patricio wins. And, you know, just I'm I'm harping on this theme about uh, new goalies, new goalkeepers. But it, where are you going to get goals against new goal, goalkeepers that are new to their team? Set pieces like this. Yep. So, uh, you know, one one. I mean, Rui Patricio was excellent. He made seven saves in this game. Yep. Um, evident of the talent that he that he has and, and why he was brought over from Wolves. Uh, but this was short lived. Four minutes later, Jordan Veritu uh, from Tammy Abraham. Um, and, and classic of Veratu to not celebrate, uh, you know, against his former team. Uh, and then uh, Veratu would put it away in the 79th minute. This time, uh, Shmuradov plays him in. It was a lovely pass by Shmuradov, by the way. Um, him and Tammy, ma, they're going to be so good for Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, big Ross AA. Tammy was offside because his arm was offside for the second goals. Guys, look at it again. As always, Roma cheats. No, and that, that's a point I was having with Ronaldo as well. It, it was not consistent all weekend. These are not just the two circumstances. Many games that this happened, and they were not. They're going back and forth with these calls, and it did not. That's why my. If you're going to make this call, make it the same call for every game. Don't go back and forth. Tammy was off twice in this game, I think, with similar plays. Yeah. Both times they were on for both of the goals. So you know that's that's the big thing. And sure. For me, when it's tight, it should go to striker. Like it should have probably gone with Ronaldo, but you know, it's tight. I, I, they got to fix that rule. Yep, I, I agree. Um, you're talking me into this. <laughs> I thought there was more than Ronaldo's arm, and that's and and that's what they found. At least when I looked yeah, at it, but yeah. I could be, you know, I yeah. uh, I'm willing to be corrected. Okay, sure. Three sure. so, uh, one to Roma. Um, nonetheless, you know, we got a very good glimpse of what Fiorentina are going to be about. I'm, ex- you know, we talked about them last week and we said, look out for these guys. They're going to be, they're, they're positioned to be one of the surprises of this season. Hard luck to concede, you know, to get the red card very early, um, you know, and then they conceded and then, yeah, the game got away from them as, as time went on. But um, have at it. I mean, these four games, Richard, where, uh, where do you want to start? Well, first off, I think they made the right move in letting, letting, Pedro go, Roma, of course, and keep him Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan yeah. is still the guy who's going to be the focal point of this team. Him with him and his speed with Tammy and Eldor, and, and you got Vera too in the back, in the middle, also pulling the strings. Uh, Zaniolo. This is I mean, this is going to be an exciting team to watch offensively. What can they do defensively is going to be the question. But uh, this game here, Roma and Fiorentina, is very entertaining. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Vincenzo Italiano's uh, Fiorentina when they're fully, you know, as, you know, full eleven guys on the pitch as opposed to ten. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought um, you know this game overall from you know, both Roma and Fiorentina was highly entertaining. Roma looked good. Tammy's going to be uh, he could be in the Capacanieri mix with with this. At least if not if not goals, he's going to be assists. I think he'll probably have easily over ten assists this year. The way things are going, he's off to what two already at least mm-hmm. uh, in this one. So I mean, he looked good. Um, Going to Juventus and Udinese, it was, I was curious, as many people were, to see what Allegri 2.0 would be. Uh, mm-hmm. You knew that he was sitting out for two years and that he would probably be studying and trying to figure out new ways. 
you do see a more direct Allegri as opposed to the past, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good. I thought the combination of Dybala, Bentancourt, and Cuadrado were excellent in the game, uh, especially yep. in the first half. Uh, but those three were really good. And, and, you know, I think Andres Cordero said it uh, on Paramount Plus where, you know, it's like Morata, you know, those, he might thrive in a certain kind of situation because all the focus is on those three. He can just you know move around. He makes he's he's the type of striker that defines those runs. And all he got to yep. do is get to the end of the ball and, and score goals. Um, so this could work out. What was not Allegri 1.0 from this version is that they could not hold the lead. Right? Yep. Granted, Chesney was was the big reason for that with the big bluffs. You know, taking down the man in the box and then also the the bad giveaway to Okaka and then Delafeo. Um, and so, you know, Udinese got lucky in that respect. But, uh, you know, Juventus, I love the direct style that they have with under Allegri 2.0. I think their midfield is not as good as I had thought they were going to be. Bentoncourt played a lot better than I expected. Uh, but the rest of that midfield needs to step it up. Um, and, you know, will they get another midfielder here while the window is still open for the next couple of days? Uh, that is the question to be answered. Because if they do, then they really reinforce their, their push for a Scudetto uh, this season. Um, but what, what we've seen so far, a limited sample from, from Juventus. I like it so far. Dybala yeah. looks like he's rejuvenated. And I think yep. that's the most important part. Could Allegri get Dybala rejuvenated back to his old self? And it seems, at the moment... That he's doing that. I mean, he's just uh, having fun, and that's what you want to see with Dybala. Well, I think you got now Locatelli's there, and he he got a cameo in yep. this game today too. That'll so help that, for sure. That's a huge help for them. Um, so that'll add some depth to their midfield. Um, you know, Fiorentina. Um, Nico Gonzalo. I I like him. I, I, like I, him. I, I thought I thought he had a great game today. Him and Vlahovic um, look like they're going to be uh, magic together this season. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, the biggest thing with Gonzalez is that he doesn't. You know, he, there wasn't a wow factor from a statistical standpoint, but he got fouled six times. I mean, he's tricky. Uh, you know, and he gets into some positions. He moves well with the ball and many glancing headers towards Vlahovic. It's a set play they've been doing, obviously, and that's um, that's going to lead to goals for Vlahovic. He should have sure. scored in the one play, the one play where he had a weak shot on the goalkeeper. Nine times out of ten, he's putting that away. He just he fainted on the shot. Yep, I agree. Um, other players that caught your attention from the Sunday games, guys that we should probably get on the hype train now before everybody else does. We talked about, I mean, we've been talking about Nico, Nico Gonzalez now for a couple of weeks. Um, I mentioned, um, Bajrami from Empoli uh, as a guy that I want to continue to watch. Um, they're on Bondanelli too. I think he's going to be poised for some goals this year. Bondanelli. Um, I'm with you there. Uh, like what I saw from him. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go with the wingbacks for Salernitana. I I like what I saw out of both Ruggeri and Katrina. Um, You know they were a, they were both a handful in their in their Copa game at midweek, um, and they both looked quite useful when given the chance. You know against Bologna. Um, you said wingbacks. Uh, I think Manuel Lanzar- Lazzari is gonna have a bounce back of a season. Uh, he's already looking like the the right fit for the the type of wingback that Maurizio Sarri likes, and I think he's gonna thrive under Sarri's system. I think this year. I'm I'm with you there. I think that Lazzari is in for a big season. I mean, it looks like when you look at how Lazio are setting up going forward, he's got license to just run 120 yard doggies. Yep. Um, while Husai looks like he's gonna stay home a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost and, and, and Nima made this point last Sunday, uh, talking about Lazio, and he said it's almost like it's going to morph into a back three. Yeah, you know when they're in attack, it's just going to kind of give that look. Um, uh, other guys that um, 
you know, I think we need to uh, that we're going to put on watch. So we said that we said Bajrami. Um, we have said uh, Gonzalez from Fiorentina. We've said the wingbacks from Salernitana. Uh, keep keep watching them. We think Lazzari's in for a big season. Um, Hellas Verona. I think that you know Zakani's low hanging fruit. He's always been he's been a bit of a known entity. Yeah, I can't. You know, Hellas Verona. I can't believe they're going to just they're going to have him on their te- in their plans all season long, and then he goes away for free after this season. So, but we'll see. Yeah. I think uh, Elmas from from Napoli is going to have a poised to have a big year this year. He's going to get a lot more opportunities. Um, he's just coming on strong in the last couple of months, especially with his national team, and so I expect him to have a, a good year. He got a goal today. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hard to obviously judge Napoli uh, based off the the red card being a man down, but uh, when they're when they're fully when they have full fully eleven guys on the pitch there, I expect him to be dangerous uh, under Spalletti. You know, I wasn't surprised that they had so much possession in this game. Yeah, Venezia offered it to them. There, here you go. Here's a ball. Take it. Um, but you, under a system under Spalletti and the way Napoli plays already, you expect them with all that possession. So Elmas, I think, under Spalletti will thrive, as will Osimen, as you mentioned uh, this season, as with your your pick for Capocannieri. So uh, yeah, no, no, for sure, there's gonna be some players to look out for. Yep, I would say the other guy that I would that I would keep an eye on a guy that I uh, is Davide Fratesi. Uh, from Sassuolo, yeah. uh, the uh, the guy that's pretty much stepping in and playing the Locatelli role now. He uh, looked useful here against Hellas Verona, but let's uh, let's get a little bit more sample with him. You take him uh, plus Traore and Boga with Jordicic and Caputo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could pick up right where they left off last year uh, under the Zerbi. Uh, so you know Sassuolo, you know we, Bologna's are our fun bad team this year, but you know Sassuolo don't count them out. <laughs> Then they are. Uh, they they could still goals. be fun. They could still be fun. Bad too. Sure. Yep. yep. The no more the merrier, I guess. Right. Yep. No doubt about it. And uh, in the case of Fratesi, he was with Monza last season, and I'm trying to re- trying to see if that's if Mister X for Galliani. Yeah. If, if they just loaned him there, um, <laughs> or if Monza's got him on loan this year, or, you know how that's working out. But yeah. you know, quick look at his stats last year with Monza. Played 39 games in Serie B. Started 30 of them. Scored eight goals, two assists. So from a midfield position, pretty good. You know, clearly going to be a guy that can, you know, that can handle the that that's capable of handling the responsibility. Can he do it on a high level consistently week after week after week? Keep it keep a watch on him. So those are some players we said keep a watch on after. Week one, uh, let's get to goals of the week, Richard. Goals of the week. So my goals of the week. Uh, so my honorable mention is going to go to Bandanelli. Uh, Bandanelli's goal was really nice. I really liked it. But uh, I think there's five more goals that I thought were better from, from the optics standpoint. Uh, number five for me, Manuel Azzari. Great assist from SMS uh, to him. And he put it away as a, re- as a wing back. Uh, number four for me, Traore. I thought Traore's curler was a nice one. Nice effort there. Uh, number t- number three, excuse me, uh, Chalanolu uh, is still in Milan, but he's with, he's on the other side now, and uh, he scored a, stre- a screamer, a nice hookup play with Jeko and this blasted it past the keeper. That comes to number three for me. Number two, uh, Zakani's goal, not the penalty, but the actual goal, uh, wonderfully done there. And then number one for me, Luis Muriel, a nice solo effort, got the ball wide and cut it in, and and, and did a curl right in top near corner, I think it was, past the keeper. So that's my top five. What are yours? Um, Muriel is my goal of the week. Yep. Um, Traore is number two. Zakanye number three. Uh, Koulibaly, number four uh, for Celerity Tana. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the curling finish. And then I'll go with Chalhanolu at number five. 
okay. uh, for uh, for my goals of the week. So, um, so look at the table right now. Um, obviously, the, all the teams we got to get off the table after one game. After one game, hey, <laughs> Inter fans want to see it. They're still on the top, I right? Know, I know. Lazio, Roma, battling it out. Napoli, Bologna, Sassuolo, Atalanta, and then uh, at the bottom, Genoa. <laughs> not a not a great way to start up with four goals against. Uh, but sure. uh, two games left to play. Um, Anything can happen, obviously, in these games. But uh, so far, so good. Other than Juventus, all the big hitters are, are coming out winning uh, so far. Yeah, about uh, what you expect to see. About what you expect. Yep. So, so. Uh, yeah, it's good. Cal- Calorie and Spezia tomorrow. Um, and also uh, Sampdoria and Milan. Um, yeah. Let's start with Calorie Spezia. What are your expectations? I mean, Calorie were pretty much rescued under Simplici after the disaster that was EDF. Um, and when you look at this Calorie side, uh, the quality's there. Yes. You know, uh, you know, to certainly be better. They were a massive underachiever last season. You know, you have pa- Pavoletti and Jao Pedro in attack. Strotman joins them. Razvan Marin, who I'm still high on. I think he's another guy let's keep an eye on. I think that he continues to, as he makes the progression yeah. from year one to year two in Serie A. Um, they bring in Dalbert, which is a last chance saloon kind of feel for him in Serie A. Yeah, it's, it's been yeah. a struggle for him. Um, on the other side, you've got a Spezia team that is now managed by Tiago Mota. You, me, Nima, none of us have a lot of high hopes for the Spezia team. We think they're finishing 20th. We think that they're uh, heading back to Serie B after this season. Um, you know, they, they lost a couple of players. Daniele Verde still there, and he's going to have to do a lot from a playmaking standpoint. Um, you know, they got Victor Kovalenko there, who I think that's a loan deal from Atalanta. Yeah, it is. I believe okay. it is. All right. So, you know, and then Coley, um, it's, it is a little bit different. Jero and Zoet is still there in goal. So, I mean, we'll see what, what, what Mota ultimately decides. Uh, but thoughts on the opening game here for both of these teams. So I think Cagliari should be the, should win this game. Uh, being at home is going to obviously be an advantage. It always is when you play on the Island, uh, mm-hmm. but they have the better squad uh, on paper and in every sense that they have the better team uh, and they have the better manager. I would be shocked if, if Spezia really took control of this game. Uh, I mean, I would love to see Teagamoto succeed, but I don't think it's going to happen. He doesn't have the players to do it. Um, if he had PSG players, maybe it could, it could work, right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I fully expect the talent that Cagliari has led by João Pedro to really uh, take control of this game and have an easy victory, I think. Um, I, I don't, as much as I, you know, the Spezia story last year was great, I, I, I see them giving up at least two goals in this game, at least uh, and that's the quality. The quality is no, nothing right home about. They're gonna be a mid-table team if you're if they're yeah. if they're lucky at best. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's not. I don't think it's gonna be a good game for them. Um, I, I like you mentioned, lots of quality for quality, and hopefully this year under under their manager they can uh, perform a lot better. Obviously, being around the relegation zone is not where they want to be. Um, the talent that they have should not be anywhere near the relegation zone. But you know, sometimes you play you play to the level of your manager, or or you don't have the mentality to play. I don't know, but it should be an easy victory for me for Calgary over Spezia. I think. What do you think? I'm with you. I think Calgary win. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I think that Spezia will will sneak in a goal out of this. I, I'm going to go two one to Calgary. It's early, um, so yeah, why not? But I mean, with the way goals have just been pumping in in all of these games, two one, three one, Calgary, I think is going to be is going to be the result. Um, 
you know, I, I like the pieces to this Cali team. Um, and I think that uh, it's going to be a struggle for Spezia in this game. I mean, going to that island, going to Sardinia, we've talked about it all the time. Very tough place to go and get a result. And yeah. for a team like Spezia, I think it's going to be even tougher. So uh, Cagliari will win there. Uh, Sampdoria, Milan, here we go. Our our Milan, our yeah. Yeah. last to take the stage at the Marassi. Sampdoria, uh, new manager there, Roberto Diversa. A lot of the same names. Uh, Antonio Candreva, Morton Thorsby, a, 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 a revelation in Mikkel Damsgaard, who is suddenly still there. Uh, the Denmark international who had a fantastic Euro stepping yes, up uh, when Christian Eriksen, you know, tragically went down. You've got Fabio Quadrella and Manolo Gabbiadini, bags of experience in attack. Um, we get to see the progression of Tommaso Algello, um, was decent for Samp last season. Against is the it, Milan side now that is spearheaded. Oh, go ahead. Isn't Toro Grosso and uh, Lagomino also at Sampdoria now? Didn't they pick them up as well? Where they Toro Grosso, yes. Yeah, they're both then. They're both they're both at the same place. So yes, I, I look, if, if not Lagomino is still at Empoli. Um, so we'd have to we'd have to look into that. Um, you know, against Milan, who Zlatan's out injured, Cassie's out injured. Um, Olivier Giroud will make his Serie A debut tomorrow. They're, that should be pretty clear. Um, you know, Matteo, uh, Bonetti alluded to this on Paramount plus time to see, okay, Brahim Diaz, your table is ready. Uh, how good are you? Um, you know, Sandro Tonali, same thing. I'll say that. How good are you? It's, it's your time to step up. Um, and, uh, we'll see, uh, Mike Magnan stepping in for Gigi Donnarumma. So many changes at this Milan team that finished second in Serie A last season. What should we expect? Uh, between these two sides, I think I think the Sampdoria squad is is much improved than they were last year. Uh, the verdict is still out on Diversa whether he's going to be the the right manager for them. We you know the first stint at Parma was successful, but the second stint not so much. Uh, and granted, some of the uh, uh, I think Liverani had a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say, I was like, you know, the team was already down by the time he got in there, so it wasn't you know it wasn't mm-hmm. his fault, I guess. But uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, Sampdoria is a good team. They have some good players there, and they picked up some good strikers as well. And so I think it's going to be a tough game. I mean, whether uh, I think Milan will be just fine. I think it'll be a close victory. I think maybe a one-goal one victory by them. Um, but some some new faces, like you mentioned, uh, Giroud seems to be fitting um, like a glove thus far. It's always been preseason, and then obviously the uh, uh, the one game we saw in, in uh, European action. But um, it's, uh Yeah. Brahim Diaz, it's a it's a it's a make or break year, I think, in, for number ten. Can he can he do? I think the pressure is more on him than it is on Tonali. I know a lot of the, the all the, all the fanboys want to want to see Tonali make or break this year, but I think he'll be fine. I think having uh, Kessie and uh, Benasser in front of him, great learning experience. Kessie's out this game. When they go to Afcon, both those players, he's going to have plenty of opportunity, possibly with Pobega or or Krunic or whomever's in the, on, the, on the team at that time, unless uh, yeah. another midfielder comes in. Yep. So I think it's really the time for Brian Diaz. Can he step up? Obviously, having Salamakers out there uh, with his experience from last year is going to help. He needs to put in more goals, but I think having Salamakers out there with Brahim Diaz could be a, a very uh, potent mix. Uh, both players like to be can be interchangeable. They can move around the pitch a lot, and then in uh, left wing, whether it's Rebic or or whomever you have there, uh, it it could bode well. I think as long as you feed the big man up top, whether it's uh, Giroud or or uh, Ibrahimovic, I think they're gonna be a good company. And uh, for me, I think you need to see what, what's Theo 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 Hernandez. Uh, yep. 
what's his mentality going to be like after last year? Last year, he hit the year before, he played really, really well, or first half of the season played really, really well, and then had all those demons with everybody and attacking him, and he couldn't defend it. Has he learned? Has he learned from Maldini? A lot of questions with this team, and you, you mentioned it at the, one of the big names, Mike Magnon. You know, he's had a lot of time with the club so far. He's He's been the goal. He's been there the earliest out of all of them. And so he's had a little bit of rapport already with the defenders. But, again, it's hearing that new name in the back when you're a defender and you're not used to saying the intricacies. Is he going to come out more? You know, is he going to be too hesitant in back of the goal? That's the questions, you know, you're going to have, especially on set pieces. You alluded to it uh, one of the games earlier. Uh, and so that's going to be the big trick for Milan. But I think they'll be fine. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, one goal victory over Sampdoria. I see goals. I say like a 2-1 game for, for Milan. Can they continue to draw on this amazing away form that they had last year? Can they extend that into this season? I think that's the first question that's going to need to be asked. You know, this is a formidable team going forward here that Sampdoria seemed to have set up. It might be a little unbalanced, um, but nonetheless, it could be, it could be very interesting. Now, um, I, I think they'll defend well. I, you know, I think this game will be tight, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this is going to come down to an odd goal. I think that I, I want to say that Milan are going to win this game. Um, they're going to, I mean, these are the games that they're, if they're going to be a top four contender, they're going to have to do it. Um, and uh, it's, a, 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 I'm thinking 2-1 for Milan, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but we'll see. I, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, I think that Giroud looks like he's got some experience, and I think that he can pose some issues. We always talk about strikers that are, you know, coming over from another league and taking some time to adapt tactically. But I think Giroud has been around the block enough and has been in enough games and has, has been up against enough teams that that kind of makes up for it. I, I think that Teo Hernandez has a big game. If Milan win, it's because Teo has a big game. Yeah, because I, 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 I think that he owns that flank against Berezinski and Kandreva, um, and I think that he'll find what pockets to get into, even narrower, where he can get some shots and some chances. Wouldn't be surprising to me if he gets on the score sheet or if he is a provider uh, in Milan's goals. So, yeah. you know, just looking at how this is set up. So, uh, I'll go with Milan winning two one. Sounds just like me. Same score. All right. So those are our predictions for Monday's games. Uh, at City Azit on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, any thoughts on the weekend's games? Any thoughts on what you saw or what you're going to see for Monday or what you expect and what you even expect to see? Uh, definitely um, hit us up. Uh, some transfer notes, Richard. Uh, I mean, really the most compelling right now from that are most newsworthy. Manuel Locatelli is now finally a Juventus player. We found that, I mean, uh, it took a long, long time for that one to get over the line, but it finally has happened. Um, It's a two-year loan, uh, I believe, with, and I believe it's a $30 obligation. Um, Good business by Juventus. That's smart to use a two-year loan. They got it right. I mean, it's a, a lot of the business you saw this year. Same move for Kessie a couple years ago too. It was a two-year loan with the option to buy. And a lot of that has to do with the with COVID, with with what's available from a revenue yep. standpoint and what you. If you're not PSG or City or something like that or Chelsea, then you can't afford to really to pay the big bucks right away. So you got to do it installments right. or delay it as much as you can. Right. Um, 
Other talk here, Milan uh, talked that I saw Pietro Pellegri and Timoye Bakayoko. Bakayoko would be making his second appearance in the Milan shirt. Um, so basically uh, a 2.0 type situation for him. Uh, I read even further to the effect that if those deals happen, then Milan's Mercato would be closed. Uh, would Milan's Mercato feel incomplete to you if they didn't do any more business beyond that? <sighs> I mean, they just got Florenzi, so I guess technically they have a right winger now, potentially. Yep. Uh, I don't want to see him as a right back at all. Uh, it is going to be incomplete to me, I, I you know, because they haven't really solved the left wing slash midfield, attacking midfielder position. Right. If they hope Raheem Diaz and Rebic are going to be the key or Leao. Um, and then right wing, you know, Salamakers is good, but he doesn't get the goals. Will he get goals this year? Will Florenzi come in and get goals? We don't know. So it does feel incomplete to me. How sure. about you? I think so. Um, I you, I don't think you can go into this season with Rafael Leao as your left winger. Um, you know, so uh, someone compared was, him to Niang. Both played the similar positions. Uh, both then you definitely you, then you definitely can't go into the season with Rafael Leao as your yeah. left winger. If he, he doesn't have a big season this year, he's turned into Niang. If he has a breakout year, great. He's he's that's that's great. But you know, right now he's looking a lot like Niang. You know, a lot of potential, not not feeling, not doing what he's supposed to be doing in terms of goals. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Other blurb that I saw, and I can't remember where I saw it from, um, there was talk, and I don't know how aggressive this is going to be and if it's going to move forward, but when I look at Cagliari's projected lineup, it is mildly believable. Um, Atalanta swapping Sam Lammers to Cagliari and getting Naita Nandez. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be interesting for that midfield. They need you know, best run club the first- in Europe. Best run club in Europe. After that first game, you know they need some more, you know, uh, some. They need ball winning midfielders. They, yes. they you know, you, Froler and Deruner out, and it, it showed big time in that yeah. game. So, yeah, I'm all for that. Yep. So, Lisey's in the house. What's up, Lisey? Lisey, glad you can finally join us. So, uh, Lisey, um, Ronaldo, was he offside? I want to he- see what you say in the. Uh... And Tammy as well, Tammy Abraham, and a couple others, Olsiman, and a couple other ones that made had similar, similar calls. So, yep. We're interested in getting your uh, your opinion. So, um, Lau Hattrick and Milan should sign another offensive midfielder. Um, <laughs> Michael saying, as a Milan fan, yes, Ronaldo was offside. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Fair enough. I, our resident referee, we thought we would get some some in, some 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 insight from him. I think he's been watching Paramount Plus studio coverage too much too. So <laughs> so zing. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. So that has. Otherwise, man, that was awfully close. Okay. Uh, so. All right. So he's he's in the he's in the the camp of really really close. So, like we just a, a summary of about this about this call. The rule is, at least it was last year, and uh, we were told it's going to change, but it hasn't looked like it has. Is that any part of your body that's offside is off? That means you're you're, you're off, arm, shoulder, whatever, knee, you're offside. That I heard that they were supposed to change that to anything that you could score a goal with your head or your legs. Uh, that was offside. Then they would call arms would not count. But obviously, through this first weekend, at least in Serie A. Uh, hasn't been the case now maybe this is only going to be effective in england or it doesn't make sense if it's only effective in one place so right i it just takes i guess some weeks to get the kinks out i don't know i don't know yep it's too close yep too close 
All right. Um, so those are the, but we talked about the transfers. We talked about uh, everything that we saw here on match week one. There was plenty to talk about uh, previewed Monday's action. So let's get on with it. Let's move on to the world's most famous hashtag game. Who won Calcio Twitter? Uh, Richard, lead us off. Uh, yeah. So uh, this was started off separate in there. Said uh, first word that comes to mind when you think of Conte and Alex Dono says wig. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, I want to give a nod to this guy. I know it is not Calcio related, but I, I I had to laugh. Um, I had to laugh at this. Uh, there was a uh, I, I it was it landed in my Twitter feed. You know, the New York, New York Post that ran a story about a guy uh, who flew 650 miles to go on a date with a woman that he met on TikTok. Um, and there was like a picture of him and it was all cute. So the first comment comes from this Patrick von Schmittau. Men used to spend weeks on horseback riding that far to undo a dress, 185 buttons to get to an unshaven cooter last washed in a creek three months prior. This isn't that impressive. <laughs> oh, Frank, starting it off uh, hot and heavy, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Napoleon Ismo raised the bar last week. True, so, that's true. That's um, true. <laughs> but I just, I, I just had to point that out. This, that's not eligible for a win. No, um, I just, I just, that made me laugh. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, this seems to be the running joke this weekend was the uh, Locatelli to Juventus. And uh, so Don Totti, the winner of, uh, who finally got his gift, by the way, for yeah. uh, Best Couch of Tweet of 2020, uh, says Locatelli decided to take the number 73 shirt in honor of the number of meetings it, it took to close the transfer between Juventus and Sassuolo. Actually, it was 27, but uh, yeah, still funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that Di Marzio is the one who uh, said that. <laughs> Mourinho fan, we need a uh, we need a picture of you rocking that swag, uh, yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah. That would be uh, yeah. that would be appreciated. So, um, all right. So the next one is at um, uh, at Le Phantom Dennis, uh, ESPN, ESPN FC saying Juventus's new third kit for the season thoughts. And uh, he retweets, uh, Juventus entering the Tour de France. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Ronaldo with the yellow jersey. Okay, I like it. I maybe like uh, it. maybe they'll win that. But they'll, yeah. they'll, Juventus might have a better chance of winning that but th- before winning the Champions League. <laughs> so might need uh, to figure out which Juven- Juventus player they can put on a bike, <laughs> you know, and just turn them loose. <laughs> All right, next one comes in from uh, at Sam- Samtorista. And it says, uh, this man dreams like Lukaku. So back in back when he was in Milan, he says, I only dream of Milan, play with Milan colors. And then when he joins Juventus, says the same thing with uh, about Juventus. So uh, Lukaku's loyalty and uh, Locatelli's loyalty apparently uh, shows no mercy, apparently. so There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, moving on. All right. There's the uh, swag. All right. Don, uh, at, uh, at Don Tati, uh Pictures with you in the gear would be appreciated. Uh, so just let us know. Um, uh, next one is coming from our friend uh, Martino Puccio. Donnarumma is a backup goalkeeper. He really does look up to his older brother, Antonio. <laughs> yeah, not getting the starting run at PSG. That's the most. That has to be the most expensive backup goalkeeper in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You expect City to do something like that. But I guess PSG, you expect that too, right? So, yeah. Yeah, Kaylor Navas is a fantastic keeper. So, you, I mean, now they have two quality goalkeepers. Yep. But uh, we know who's the number one at the moment, at least for temporarily. Oh. So, 
Maybe he'll learn French first. Who knows? Who knows? All right. The Couchy guys nominated. Uh, and this is actually uh, Marcotti. Marcotti talking, uh, talking trash about Inter, about how uh, Denzel Dumfries is not an upgrade from um, Ashraf Hakimi. Chalanolo is not an upgrade from um, Ashley Young. And then Jekko is not an upgrade from Lukaku. So uh, he's uh, Marcotti going hard against Inter so far. And I know Inter fans didn't like to hear that. So... Uh, but they, of course, Inter fans were also saying this is what we've been saying all all, all summer too. So uh, no big surprise for them. <laughs> yep. Uh, Farino, kind of similar to the one we previously saw, Locatelli taking the number twenty-seven jersey to honor the amount of meetings that took place between Sassuolo and Juventus. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you want to touch this? I'm not touching this one. <laughs> Uh, big show. My plans. Paramount Plus's coverage of Serie A. Delta variant. The boys from IFTV. <laughs> uh, big show. Getting on the act. Nerazzurri. Underscore Nerazzurri. All right. Uh, let's see. And listen, let's... I'm here's 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 what I'm going to say about that. I'll just kind of give a an editorial about this. And opinions are this opinion is mine, and no one else's. I, I'm I'm disappointed with Paramount Plus. Um. I'm disappointed with the going in this direction. Bonetti's fine. Cordero's fine. Marco and Mikey are nice people. Okay. But this feels like a low budget shortcut versus what they really could have made this become, um, you know, for Serie A coverage. I would much rather have someone there that has had experience playing in the league. All right experience managing in the league that can take us through the nuances of what's going on in these games. You get it with all of the other sports. You get it with all of the other leagues. Okay. Um, and I'm walking on eggshell saying this because I know that we have a lot of listeners that are also good friends of theirs or, 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 or devout followers of theirs as well, but I'm not informed. Okay. I'm not thought provoked. I, and, I, and I watched a fair amount of this this weekend. And, you know, I really wish they could have reached out to somebody with some extensive experience in this league. Now, you can say that this is a win for English-speaking Calcio folks like all of us because we all had to start we – all, we, all, we all started from next to nothing, right? Um. You know, and in this case, they did, and God, you know, you know, and God bless them. Uh, but I don't like the fit. Okay, I, I don't like the fit, and I'm I'm not trying to trash Marco, um, but I want who would want to get Paramount Plus for bad ML, NFL teams like Washington and Green Bay. Thank you, Stephen. He knows that we support both those teams. <laughs> I support the Steelers. Well, I support Green Bay when they don't play the Steelers. So, Stephen Brandt in the show, love it. Um, so that's just, and that's that's really the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, we departed from ESPN, we departed from Craig Burley, we we departed from Ali Moreno, we departed from Shaka Hislop, who are all excellent at making shortcut analysis on Serie A and, and really in most cases degrading Serie A teams and players. You know, we go to a new format, a new provider, and I, I just prefer someone with experience. You know, I get jealous of what they go offer in Europe. I get jealous of when Champions League was on Bleacher Report here and we had a basketball player in the studio. 
Steve Nash. A basketball player. Are you kidding me? And while BN Sports had, you know, BN Sports Europe or wherever it was, had Jose Mourinho and Arsene Wenger. I, I would totally dial in for that, you know? And Paramount Plus had a great opportunity here. And I just don't... I, I can't do it. I can't. I can't go along with it. I'm not informed. I'm not thought provoked. There is a specific argue, audience that Paramount Plus is targeting by having Marco and having the IFTV faction in place, and I understand the strategy. But as someone like me, who has been involved as a City A fan for well over 30 years, I wish I would have somebody in that studio that would be a lot more thought provoking to me than what I'm getting. That I can listen to a take and say, you know what? I never looked at it that way. That's interesting. And just where, and I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm sorry that I went on this soapbox and I went on this rant. I don't know what your opinion is of all of this. I'm trying to do this without trashing the people that are on there. And and it's and it's hard to do. I mean, because if they listen to this, they're going to be upset about it. People that support them that listen to this, they're going to be upset about it. And I'm sorry, but as someone that has coached for a long time. I'm in my 30th year as a coach. Okay. I've played the game for an awful long time. I can't play it like I used to. Um, <laughs> just time. Time beats everything. No, <laughs> uh, I, I never, I never played the game like I wanted to. Um, but I, if I tune in and I listen for studio analysis, I want somebody in there that is going to give me a perspective that I otherwise would not have thought about. And that's kind of I'm not getting that from that's that I'm not getting that from Paramount Plus. And I thought that they had a and I thought that they had a great chance to do something here to take us in a to take us in a good direction. I have a plus and a negative for Paramount Plus. Uh, it's funny. Uh, so my plus is seeing Andres Cordero and Matteo Benetti back together again. Yes. I thought they were yes. so good for BN Sports back in the day. We had Andres Cordero, Andres Cordero on the show a couple, a few years ago. Uh, so I'm ecstatic to hear those two back on play-by-play together again. Uh, a big con for me, though, with Paramount Plus is that ESPN, when you're watching a game, if you miss something, you missed a call, missed a goal, you could rewind however much you want to, to the beginning of the game if you wanted. Paramount Plus, which we we saw with Champions League last year, you cannot rewind. It's live. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and that, that pisses me off because... That's a problem. Today and today in two games, both the Napoli game and the Fiorentina game, I turn away for a second, something happens, and I didn't get to see what happened. And that drives me up the wall. It's the small yeah. things that go a long way. And I think having the ability to rewind last year with ESPN... Uh, went a long way you know you could yeah you can watch the game on delay if you wanted to and you know they need to do better on their uploads of, of the game once they come to, to an end but uh otherwise yeah it's 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 early to see but i'm happy to see cordero and bonetti back together again so and, and big ross i know where you big ross your fire you had fire and you're passionate about city ah you should you could be in the studio i I'm fiery and passionate about city ah you're fiery and I, I just i don't want to do it i've got i've got my life here in wisconsin Okay, you got your life near DC, so we're firing pads. So that's why we do this, so that we can we can connect with the English speaking Calcio community. So you know, Alex Dono is fiery and passionate. You know, Jerry Mancini is definitely fiery and passionate, which we're going to get to now. I feel warm and fuzzy now because Uncle Sharma's is giving me the uh, okay with the with the mic sound this week. So I'm happy. Thank you, Uncle. <laughs> I love it. 
Hey, for by the way, plug for my for Uncle Sharma. If you haven't, uh, if you don't follow him already, and if you don't, you're crazy. Follow Uncle Sharma. Twitter, YouTube, guy is gold. Guy is mm-hmm. gold. So, mm-hmm. should we move on? Who yeah, let's move on. Yeah, we were. We were I was. Se- I, I was. See. I was segueing into Jerry. So. Well, Jerry's mug is on the screen now. Uh, he goes. Uh, it says he nominated the last one, right? Uh, so uh, this one comes from. Uh, Ad Gillis 15 underscore. So first, the tweet was from Jerry. <laughs> says, unpopular opinion. I'll be supporting Simone and Zaga this season. Yada, yada, yada. He comes in and says, oh, we know Jerry. This started last year. You've been spending way too much time with Alex Dano. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's see. At R. Sharm, speaking of Uncle Sharma, that's probably why he joined here. Um, that's right. Let's okay. see. Uh, at R. Sharms, let Hakan cook. That's right. Why is it gotta cooking. be? Why is it gotta be rice cooking. and lamb? Why is it gotta be rice and lamb? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you? What are you trying to say, Uncle Sharma? Let him cook. That's what he's saying. You're trying that's to get us. You're saying. trying to get us in trouble. You're now. You're I'm cooking. hungry. Thank you. That's cultural appropriation, isn't it? <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> uh, Do we have any other ones, or was that no, the last that's, one? That's it that I saw. So Uncle Sharma's tweet wasn't worthy of a mention. Well, you got nominated. We had to read it. That's right. So when Big Ross understands my point of view, so it's like yeah, I mean. You know they've got their they they've got their you know go back to it. I don't want to go spend too much time on it. They got their supporters, but it's just like I, you know, if I'm tuning in and I'm listening to studio, if I'm watching studio analysis or if I'm listening to studio analysis, I want somebody in there that's going to give me a perspective that I otherwise wouldn't have known. And I, I'm sorry, I just don't get that. So it's just the way it is. So we got to so, pick a winner, huh? We got to pick, pick a winner. winner. Oh, this is tough. Oh. Uh, um, it was not a. I, I, this was a below average week after last week, personally. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys all got to get. You guys all got to get going here. I and mean, maybe it's just first week jitters, and everybody's trying to just see what their teams are doing. That they they kind of get distracted from it, and they want to see what everybody's doing. Um, if you're in the chat, what's your favorite? Uh, this is a hard week to go with. Um, yeah, man. Oof. I I say we give it to Pooch. I love the Donut Donnarumma. Donnarumma? Donnarumma? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. There it is. Yep. Uh, let's see. So Martino Puccio. Donnarumma is, a, Donnarumma is a backup goalkeeper. He really does look up to his older brother, Antonio. <laughs> All right. That's the winner for this week. About time he got a winner. I don't even know if he's won before. Has he? Yeah, he, like did. he, he had the he Milan, the Milan uh, Hitler. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Video. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, well, Frank is uh, sending that tweet out uh, if you haven't done so. Yeah, make sure you, you know follow us if you're watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, leave comments. We'll try to get us some more content here. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, um, big week ahead. That was an exciting first bunch of games that we had here. Two more games next week or tomorrow, I should say. And then... Uh, yeah. We're getting closer, Frank, to episode 200 here. Uh, it's uh, just around the corner, or 197 right now. So getting so close, we should do something. Three to go, time. September 12th. September you got the date 12th down. You're episode excited. 200. We just have to figure out what the hell we're going to do. Yeah. So yeah. Six years in, it's been a long ride. It has. It's been a long ride. We've had a lot of fun with it. We'll continue to have a lot of fun with it. So, yeah. um, But uh, we're working on some things right now. We'll, uh, we'll come up with a final format and have a great time with it and definitely get every, you know, we want to get many, many people involved because there are a lot of people that have come on, have been guests, have contributed, have, 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 have given us a lot of insight and helped us be better. 
you know, and how we how we think about Serie A, how we cover Serie A, and how we uh, how we offer our opinions. So, uh, so, so all of that, all of that certainly is uh, is, is is definite. So, but we got a few weeks. We're just going to put a bow on this one for now. Uh, Richard, shameless plug. Excuse me, as I belch here. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at r underscore k h a r m a n, and uh, yeah, make sure you give us a, a follow on uh, everywhere on uh, social media and uh, our, where our podcasts are played. So. Yep. Uh, I am at FTC underscore 21, as you can see by uh, my uh, screen name here on the video. I got this wonderful uh, Tumblr. That's beautiful. Uh, from teespring.com. I bought it. Uh, so, and I got my Calcio to go t shirt from teespring.com. A bunch of swag that you can get with the City I Sit Down logo on it. Uh, you know, so go ahead and, uh, you know, give them a nod and check them out. Um, I don't think we have any promos going on with them. We should connect with them and see if they're willing to do something. There so, you go. There you go. Um, we you can that's where you can get the Caicedo greater than a Mobley T-shirt if you're interested in that. Do you have that? I do. I do have that. Jerry has that as well. I'm not wearing yeah. it right now, but yeah, we got that for Jerry. So, um, you know, so we you, you got that. You got tumblers. You got mugs. Just anything you can throw the city I sit down logo on. You know, certainly go ahead, knock yourselves out. So. Uh, City I Sit Down, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, where you can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever podcasts are played. You can find City I Sit Down uh, at City I Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Any comments, questions, thoughts, want to bash what I had to say about Paramount Plus? Take your shot. Um, and uh, Facebook, we're also uh, around there. We usually pop up some things there from time to time. Um, and that's it for the social media. Uh, so we, we talked last week, we said, no, we're not going to do Tinder. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll attract the wrong audience. So, (laughs) so, um, and, uh, but, uh, you know, we should probably look into, we should probably now look into only fans. That's right. Now that all of the, now that all of the adult film people have to go away. Well then, where's you know? the, where's, the, where's the business for us then? No, no, no. no never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> oh, that's just a thought. So uh, enjoy tomorrow. Enjoy Monday's games. Um, we'll also have the Champions League draw on Thursday. So next week we'll have a breakdown on how the four Serie A teams fared with their group positions, yep. and uh, also we'll have some Europa League. And then if, I don't know if Roma cares about this Conference League or not. I don't even remember how they did. Um, did they win? They won. They Eldor, won. Okay. Eldor got the goal. Okay. So so they're they're probably going to be in this conference league. I'm still it's 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 too much to keep track of. Can I just keep it at Champions League and Europa League? <sighs> Not this year. <sighs> All right. Well, we tried. All right. So we'll be back at you next Sunday night. Uh, so here live on the YouTube channel will probably be any more appropriate evening time where more people can watch us. Um, if uh, those of you that uh, Checked in with us during your Sunday dinner. Thank you very much. Chat, plenty of you in there. Thank you very much for your uh, comments. And uh, we will be back next Sunday night to recap match day two, Champions League draw, who won Calcio Twitter, and other stuff. So for Richard, I'm Frank. As always, be sure to tell your paisans about us. Ciao.